In his latest book, Foxocracy, Inside the Network's Playbook of Tribal Warfare, veteran television contributor and industry insider Tobin Smith lifts the veil on the tactics that Fox News deploys to turn viewers into Fox News addicts and and convince them that they're engaged in a culture war with liberals. They're tactics that he's quite familiar with because he is a former host of the Fox business program, Bulls and Bears, has appeared in over 2,000 Fox panel segments, and he has guest hosted more than 60 Fox News episodes. He's also a New York Times bestselling author whose books include Change Wave, Investing 2.0, and Billion Dollar Green. Foxography is published by uh, Diversion Books, and I'm very pleased that it brings Tobin Smith to our show now. Welcome. Leonard, thank you very much. You use a lot of terminology in the book that our listening audience would probably need to know in order to understand this discussion. <laughs> so let, let's start with the most obvious one. What's foxocracy? Well, foxocracy is the term I came up with simply to describe the fact that if you think about you know a pyramid and at the top of the pyramid in uh, today's world, Fox News um, has, a, has an order of magnitude uh, influence on a whole bunch of media uh, forums. Remember, a lot of people think that Fox News is a, is a niche, you know, cable channel, right? It's got three or four million viewers. But when you multiply its video, its tribal, I call tribal hate content, uh, onto social media, it reaches mm-hmm. 80 million people. So the first part of this pyramid is Fox News. The second part of the level is s- social media platforms. Um, and when people share in uh, a, a segment to their friends in their, you know, their siloed world on the digital universe. Um, now those people become what the social scientists call, uh, this is uh, participatory propaganda. If I add my two cents worth and I send it to 50 of my friends, then I'm a participant in the foxocracy. And then and sort of the next level is obviously the conservative media world. But the, the biggest one of all is, is essentially the conservative evangelical world um, because we have now 2,000, 2,500 megachurches, pastors around the United States that essentially tell many uh, reporters and many people who look into it that their biggest competition is Fox News. Mm-hmm. They say that, well, I get 45 minutes, you know, maybe on Sunday with my people. They're coming in after watching 20 hours of Fox during the week. So it's one gigantic negative feedback loop but starts with Fox News because Fox News is the best at producing um, tribal propaganda. Uh, they're the best at doing it in, with all the various you know, strategies and techniques that I talk about in the book. Um, and then it gets passed on and passed on to this feedback loop. So Breitbart and some of the others are really negligible in this context? Well, in, in, in the current context, when Breitbart really got going and uh, they, people put a bunch of money into it and Steve Bannon took over, they went from... 100,000 users to 25 million per month. They're now back down to about 8 million. Uh, Breitbart's in there, but Breitbart doesn't forward any of Fox News' content. I mean, if you use the uh, example of an addict, Fox News is sort of the gateway drug. Uh, Breitbart.com is stronger medicine. It's, 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 it's got you know, more extreme views. Um, and unfortunately, what we found now in, you know, in current history is, is that not only is Fox News a gateway drug, but that you know some of these horrible uh, uh, acts of violence uh, have turned out that those people were also people who watched three, four hours of Fox mm-hmm. News a day, and in, a, in essence, we found that they were just sort of looking for a bigger thrill. You call the Foxocracy a lethal force against free will. Yeah, I, and, and here's why: 
without getting all into the psychobabble or anything, we all know that that we have a conscious and we have an unconscious, right? And so the 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 free will part of it is I you know I'm watching Fox News as an agree to disagree type person. That's where you sort of start on this continuum, right? Um, and then once you ingest binge watch whatever you want to call it, I don't. The number we found is about uh, two thousand hours of this tribalized hate media where, where 2000 every, hours what a week a month no 2 hours during your during your life i oh. mean there's a, there's a crossover point remember I was getting the, worried yeah well remember that the 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 person the 68 year old median age uh person typically male who watches fox news these people who i would call now the, the fox addicts they watch 20 to 25 hours per week and they don't watch the news part, Leonard. They watch the Hannity part and the Tucker Carlson and the and the you know the whole group of I, I call them you know hate televangelists. They use the same methodology. They they you know the whole business is built on me understanding uh, that, that you have all these various cognitive biases built in as you become more and more addicted, and it's built on the on the other fact is that the viewer has no idea about that. I just did a survey with a thousand self-identified Fox News viewers who watch more than 20 hours a week. And we asked them basic question, can they distinguish what cognitive dissonance was? Could they understand what confirmation bias was? And then the third one, which nobody got, is did they understand social identity theory? Less than 15% of those people got one of those answers right, Leonard. Mm. And, 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 if, and if you have no self-awareness about your innate vulnerabilities, then I can hack the hell out of you. And that's what Fox News does. In essence, you follow the formula that Roger Ailes created, the founder of Fox, for their hate advertising. For the, Remember, Roger Ailes invented the attack ad. Hmm. He invented the, the Richard Nixon fixed press conferences. In against against Dukakis, the, the uh, Willie Horton ads. That oh, was he invented his... Willie Yeah, absolutely. That was one of his classics. Um, so he understood. Remember when you do those uh, ads? By the way, I, I come. You know, part of my life was as a as a marketer. Um, in this '80s, you would get a, a focus group together. You would show them various pictures. You would have them wired up on essentially on the lie detectors, and you'd see what they would react to. And then, shockingly, whatever they reacted most to, you would run that ad. Well, when we started Fox News, I started in 2000. You know, we didn't have anybody watching a thing. The shows used to have 50,000 viewers. But as we got more and more into the, the tribal hate media part, as soon as we got to 2008 with the election of Obama, then finally, you know, we unleashed the Kraken. And now we had the formula down. And we had the fearful picture up front, you know, the B-roll up on the left-hand corner of your screen. It turns out that people who self-identify as conservative, believe it or not, the new research has shown they're about 25% more susceptible to, to negative images. Mm. Then we throw a negative point out there. We have this negative bias that's built into our, you know, personal survival DNA. And so people react, you know, four to five times more to negative information than positive information. You know, just go down the line of every bias you've ever, you know, read about or studied in college or whatever. We use those innate biases, but we use the ignorance, the audience's ignorance. I call it tribal hate media illiteracy to just play them, you know, like a fiddle. And at the end of the day, the crucial part is that, you know, I as the guy who's in that in the um, interview or I'm on the panel, I'm the guy they called, you know, the, uh, the, the, the killer, the hitman. I go in and I finally, you know, stab the guy through the rhetorical heart. And, and then the guy at home is going, yeah, yeah. And as soon as you do that, boom, 
you got the dopamine, you got the adrenaline, you got the cortisol, you got everything great neurochemical going. When he was asked about his target audience, Roger Ailes said, quote, look at me, I'm the audience, white, fat, balding, age 55 to dead. I'm a red state Midwest conservative guy sitting at home in his favorite chair with remote control surgically attached to his hand. Wouldn't... Uh, the the people where who who watch Fox News be insulted uh, if they heard that he'd said that? Are you kidding me? Um, uh, you know, here's here's another thing about this this tribal hardwiring that we have. We 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 call it white tribal activation. Yes, we, our, our our DNA makes us seek people who look and sound like us. You know, that's how we survived <laughs> on the savannas, right? You know, if you take it to the next degree. Uh, when you got into the tribe, you know, of course, the tribe is what made the human animal rise above everybody else at the top of the food chain. But the second part of getting into the tribe was staying mm. in the tribe. And the best, the quickest way to get out, get kicked out was, you know, going to the chief and saying, hey, wait a minute here. I, I don't know if those cyber saber through tigers are our real enemy. Boom. Now mm. you're an hors d'oeuvre. So the, the DNA of the complainers uh, got washed out and the, the DNA of the compliers I got washed in, and guess what? <laughs> that DNA has not changed at all. It's just that now we have a digital ability to play every one of those uh, biases, every one of those DNA-encoded things. And Roger Ailes knew that better than anyone. As you know, Leonard Doe, we couldn't do this propaganda. After World War II, uh, you know, radio came in the 30s broadcast. Then we had talking pictures, for heaven's sakes. And this guy named Joseph Goebbels, I uh, said, wait a minute, you know, we can use these mass communication new technologies to just indoctrinate, brainwash people, and it worked pretty well. So after World War II, television broadcast, television was just starting, 1949, both Congress and the FCC said, hey, wait a minute, we learned something here. We're going to create this thing called the FCC Fairness Doctrine, mm. and it's going gonna, it's gonna to say that you all the stuff that we do on Fox was illegal till 1987. You couldn't do any of this if you had a senator who was talking about you know, ta raising taxes or abortion or any other subject, you had to have another senator square off. You mm -hmm. couldn't do as what we did at Fox News and continue this so day. So what happened in 1987? Well, 87, Ronald Reagan, um, mm -hmm. uh, and the first time I ever met him was in 1987, he was starting to lose it. And Roger Ailes and, and some of the other people in the uh, GOP came to him and said, look it, those liberals control all the media. And if we don't get the ability to be able to, to get our message out, um, and we're not able to get our message out under this current system, um, you know, we're going to be living under a lifetime of uh, liberalism. So they got him to do executive order that the FCC then uh, essentially um, got rid of the fairness doctrine. And what they did, Leonard, is they deregulated political propaganda in the United States, and no one understood it. You go back in history, and oh my gosh, you know, yellow journalism and, and tribalized uh, media was all our newspapers ever wore, right? Mm -hmm. We went to war against Spain from a headline you know, from the Pulitzer mag uh, newspapers, right? We'd always been that way. But when I um, came into the business, I was told that objectivity was the ultimate goal. Uh, <laughs> do you see any objectivity out there? <laughs> There's no money in objectivity, <laughs> Leonard. Sorry, I don't want to break it to you, buddy. <laughs> Um, no wonder I'm working for, for Pacifica Station. Uh. <laughs> well, if you think about it, almost by definition, uh, is there an independent or a uh, you know radio network? No. 
Is yeah. is there a you know a, a liberal network? Not really. You now we have MSNBC. Um, as Which the president is calling communist, by the way. Right. Even, and even though he has a couple network. of friends who have been known to be communists. Uh, one, uh, the the, uh, the North, uh, Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un, yeah. And well, also uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, he, he came up through communism. But M- but MSNBC is a communist. Uh, the, the, uh, anybody you disagree with is either socialist, communist, or a libtard. You're a libtard, right. Now, remember, here's, here's you know some of the simple dynamics. Goebbels said, um, and, and I love it, when you actually read the book, The 19 Rules of Propaganda, the, the caveat the, or the, the top paragraph says basically this. If I can make you, if I can make it okay for you to hate someone, mm-hmm. someone you've never met, then someone else is going to profit. And then I own your psyche. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the key element is dehumanization. And that, you know, Rush Limbaugh started in 1988, one year after the Fairness Doctrine uh, went apart. Um, uh, he got started on uh, because the uh, Congress that year had voted a pay raise to the congressman, but it didn't go into the record till the next year, so it didn't look like they were voting themselves a raise. He took that, went from three radio stations to 500 radio stations syndicated across the United States, and the thing was it worked, but then he needed another trick. And when the next trick is, do you need something else that inflames people? Because when people are angry, Leonard, there's a whole different set of psychology involved. A whole bunch of stuff kicks in, and it's more engaging. You're more engaged when you get. And by the way, a lot of people don't understand that if when you hate someone, um, you it's self-congratulatory. When you hate those libtards, when you hate those liberals, when you hate Nancy Pelosi, whatever it is, when you do that, you actually. You know, your conscience says, can you believe how stupid those friggin' libtards is, right? That's maybe your conscious, but your subconscious, your unconscious, uh, and most importantly, you know, your, your ego says, hey, look how smart I am. Mm-hmm. And boom, just the moment you say that, and you can say it verbally or you can say it non-verbally, but when you think it, how superior you are, that's the basic, you know, Jedi mind trick of, of Fox News. Is that they can get? I can get the audience to say to themselves, "Oh, look at see Tobin Smith. Oh, he, I knew those people were idiots." Hmm. Well, when you do that, boom! Just even saying it out loud, you get a, you feel a, a rush of adrenaline, and then you get this cortisol, which is which is fight or flight stuff, and then you get ah the dopamine, and you get the serotonin, you get the good neurochemicals. And if you boil the Fox News tribal warfare playbook down, the the, the objective is how do I get those pleasurable neurochemicals flowing because if I do, the viewer, particularly the older uh, folk, um, this is about all they got going on today. You know, they're not really getting jacked up because their kids won't talk to them because they're so hyper-partisan. Uh, their wife can't stand them, but she has nowhere to go, so she just goes into another room when, when the guy's watching the show. And then the wife gets sucked in, so she has something to talk to her husband about. And the, and the circle, you know, just keeps the, the feedback loop is uh, continuous. When you add social media onto it, and the guy goes from his, you know, TV chair down on social media and talks with his 100 buddies who all hate liberals and libtards and you know and and how they're going to ruining the world. Now he the, this word participatory propaganda, they become cognitively associated and engaged through the social media by making the comment. That's a whole nother level of of dopamine hits, et cetera. And if you look at the neurochemistry of Fox News hate you know media. It's unambiguous, and it's very addictive. 
I'm speaking with Tobin Smith, who knows something about Fox because he, for 14 years, he was a Fox News contributor and guest anchor, and he's written a book called Foxocracy, Inside the Network Playbook of Tribal Warfare. Now, uh, we, we've been using the word libtard. Uh, yes. Now, that's a word, uh, I guess, uh, that's involved with uh, the, the war against political, so-called political correctness because uh, it is not considered nice to call somebody a retard. And right. The, so... Uh, it's rubbing it in, liberal retard. Well, Leonard, I, I will say this, and I again, this is just my company, Transformity Research. We are uh, a wide, diverse research group. Uh, one of the mostly what we do is equity and macroeconomic stuff, but another part of what we do is social media and and the news media. And um, it's interesting that people don't understand that, uh, uh, particularly on the left side, that. You know where Trumpism came from. Trump, remember, Trump is just the essentially the uh, human manifestation of Fox News. He learned everything. He everything he does is Fox News formula. It's just that he added the racism and so on else into it that we didn't ever do on Fox. But Fox never got rolling in terms of, of ratings until Obama was elected because finally we had an enemy. Finally, we had a daily present 24 by 7 enemy, and, and that was the missing part of the formula, and then we were able to go after because it. Because he was black or because he wasn't the most liberal of all Democrats? No, no, but remember, I mean, three things. He, he was black. He, uh, you know, had a tendency to be a little lecturing, um, and, and over the years, people on the right wing basically have this mass inferiority complex. And that was the other key to Fox News uh, tribal warfare is that uh, it, many people who've been fed for 20, 25 years, starting with radio and then into Fox and then into you know website, et cetera, yeah, that basically it's like Steve Bannon, my old buddy. I used to do radio shows with him, if you can believe that. Um, Steve's thing was, was that, listen, I don't want to hear from you liberals, you know, you betters who are you know telling me how I should live and what I should believe and so on and so forth, number one. And number two – you guys call yourself liberal, but and you're the open tent. But the tent's only open to people who believe exactly what you you know you believe. So how liberal is that? That seems pretty close-minded. But number three, but, wait, but doesn't that time. cut both ways? Well, not not, not if you aren't see conservatives the world through... telling liberals that how to think. It's of just course a... they are. Of course they are. But 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 you don't. But the the liberal side, in my experience, uh, are not victims. The, the conservative side are the quintessential victimhoods of the world. It's, it's, it, it, you know, the big part of the Fox News programming is victimology. Hmm. Um, and and so now the poor, you know, I'll use an example in, in the book of a friend of mine who, um, you know, he would he was a big executive and, and he would take his millennials or he'd take his, you know, left-wing people I was from L.A. out for, for dinners and stuff or drinks. And he couldn't – he felt he couldn't say anything because everything he said – uh, to, to that audience, they rolled their eyes and they said what a bigot he was and a homophobe and Islamophobe. So, so after a while, this is a, a psychological beatdown uh, in the right wing. And political correctness, you know, scorched earth political correctness, uh, did a lot to damage the psyche. Basically, most of the right wing people who watch Fox News and, and Breitbart, etc., they are traumatized. They have been traumatized by being called every day all these horrible names 
they don't think they're racist. They don't think they're homophobe. They, you know, they, they feel that their, their God is being attacked, that their religiosity is being attacked by the secular world, blah, blah, blah. When you become a victim, oh, baby, now I got a whole nother circuit into your brain. Um, so you take the victimhood, you take the uh, anger, you take the economic uh, destruction. Uh, remember, we now have about two-thirds of American households, about uh, 44 million people in actual poverty, but working poverty, which is above the poverty line, but they're peaking out at the lowest part of the uh, lower middle class. We have 55 million households. That's 150 million. Uh, a lot of those are white working class Americans, and they kept voting for you know Republicans, and that didn't get them anywhere. They tried Democrat. That didn't get them anywhere. Great Recession you know, then blew it all up to the 10th power. So there's a huge amount of anger out there. And if you if you know how to leverage that anger and that victimology and that victimhood um, and, and that, that just, you know, giant inferiority uh, complex, that's what the Fox News playbook is. And frankly, it's so easy because they're so vulnerable, hey, is so this psychologically why, vulnerable. Is this why Fox came up with the slogan fair and balanced, although you don't hear it from Fox much anymore? Well, they... Fair and balanced, that was actually the ultimate irony of all time. Um, the, uh, the fairness doctrine included, like in, in, in rule number eight, the fair and balanced rule, which was that if you had a, again, if you had a senator on, you had to have a someone of equivalent stature. You couldn't have a, a Republican senator and then a, you know, a Democratic strategist, right? Well, we would, so, so that was the whole joke. It's just that no one you know, who watched had any idea about what, the, what fair and balanced really meant. Um, but it was also, you know, it was the beard. Remember, the news is the cover for the opinion. The opinion program makes all the money. The news, just like any news, news doesn't make any money on NBC or CBS. Where they make money is, you know, their morning shows, right? Um, uh, so Rogers, one of his geniuses, would just say, we're going to call it Fox News. And you could call it Fox News because it was, quote, unquote, in the FCC, a cable channel. And based on a cable channel, you can do whatever the hell you want. Um but but the whole the whole brand was wink wink fair and balanced and then you know subtext or corollary we're going to beat the crap out of, of liberals twenty four hours a day and you're going to love it that and was the brand. Another word you've come up with is foxhole. How does that relate to this? Yeah, well foxhole. So I didn't realize. Larry, I really didn't realize. I didn't. You know, there's nobody in my immediate family, friends, et cetera, that ever watched Fox News. I did four or five hours a week of Fox News, but I was on the other side of the camera. I didn't see anybody who ever watched it. And I, I really thought that this was just, you know, uh, old people, you know, getting their blood going type thing. There was no uh, uh, collateral damage, if you will. But what I found is I started doing speaking tours as a Fox News celebrity, and I would meet, you know, tens of thousands of people. And they would come up. They would all say the same word. They would all have the same inflection. They would say the same thing. Oh, Tobin Smith. Oh, it's so great to meet you. Listen, you're doing the Lord's work to kill those damn communists and socialists out there. And uh, I just, you know, sometimes I just want to throw a brick through the television, and I'd be, really? Now, Did that make you feel good at all? Did it uh, make you feel uh, like you were I, doing I, the I, Lord's work? Uh, I didn't think I was. I just thought that these were sort of, you know, uh, older um, uh, people from, you know, a different world that I live in. And I didn't think it stuck. It wasn't until... I, I met with about 500 uh, Fox News, you know, addicts, what I would call, and saw that that their world had been diminished essentially from a, you know, 
a pipeline down to a flashlight on how, how they saw the world, et cetera. And then a, a woman, Jen Senko, did a movie called Brainwashing mm. of My Dad, which... which you, you consider a, tur- a, a turning point in your life. Absolutely. And I didn't realize that, that this collateral damage... I didn't realize... I looked at probably... I have now 5,000, 8,000 messages, emails, texts, et cetera, from people who said, Toby, until I got the book, I didn't realize, A, you know, how my dad or how my mom... Uh, got sucked into this Fox News rabbit hole, and and now at least I understand how I think I can help them get out. If because it's it's not a it's not a magic thing, you know. If 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 you put your hand on a flame, it's going to burn. You get you get taught, etc. Um, it's a learned behavior. You can override your. But when you become a foxhole, what happens is you become desocialized. Uh, Frank Luntz, the big GOP pollster, uh, and I we did a very large survey. Uh, and uh, of 10,000 Americans, uh, scientifically selected, all in a perfect group, blah, blah, blah. And based on that data, 80 million Americans today are not speaking with, are estranged from a close family member, uh, a close longtime friend, because of, of political intensity. And the one thing I didn't realize was this multiplier effect that deals with Fox News. It's not just Fox News. The multiplier effect is the, the, the 5 million people who watch Fox News, then there's foxnews.com, which gets to another 18 million, then there's social media, which gets on to another 60 to 70 million. 80 to 90 million people under, per month are engaged with, interacting with, consuming hmm. Fox News' tribal hate media. And the cumulative effect of that is as your world gets smaller, and particularly you know people who, who you know, live in small rural America, remember we, got, we have 2,626 counties that voted Trump, uh, and of those, um, uh, that's a vast majority are in rural and you know in in, in suburban America, which, which we'll get fr- into later. Yeah, and frankly, they they you know this became their drug. This became, and what happens is is that the agree to disagree guy Leonard that you know that Jen Senko's dad was got converted into this this permanent angry guy, and that angry guy that anger is addictive. Uh, there's a bunch of chemicals, neurochemicals there that you get used to, and that was the only thing he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it well, you became, say it also results in alienation and isolation among his viewers. Well, of course it does, because what happens is, I mean, just look at Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, of this year. Uh, we probably got 800 notes in from people who said, you know, I sent your book to my dad. This one I love, this woman out mm-hmm. of Louisiana, and I said, listen, Dad, last year you sort of messed up Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? The yelling, the screaming, yada yada. So read the damn book and let's talk about it. I don't want to change your politics. And in my book, Foxocracy, is not about changing anybody's politics. It's about becoming self-aware, gaining the basic minimum awareness that that you have buttons that are easily pushed. If you understand what those buttons are and why they're easily pushed, um, then you can take an edge off. And what what but becoming a foxhole is is becoming essentially so intense, you become desocialized. You look at your daughter and you say, "You went to, you know, to Baird, you know, college, or you went to Williams, or so on and so forth." And now you're just a stinking liberal, just like the rest of them, which is what this woman said her 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 father had told her. Um, they, You've been they, brainwashed by the liberals. They're brainwashed. I mean, they literally you can't consume two thousand hours of tribal hate porn and not become brainwashed because, by definition, you get a, a, a stimulation from it. You get ego gratification. You're, you, you know, 
you, maybe your checking account's not giving you a lot of ego gratification or the neighborhood you live in or the county, but, man, I can turn on Fox News and I feel like a million bucks. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and no one ever put that together. I certainly hadn't put it together. Have you gotten any feedback from uh, loyal Fox News viewers? Well, <laughs> let's just Do say— you think uh, you were, you, were you writing it for them or were you writing it to reveal what's going on to the, to the rest of the world? Well, a couple things. I mean, for number one, I, I was writing it to the people that uh, I had met that had lost their parents or you know, lost their close brother or sister, you know, mom, et cetera, because there's a gap. No one, you know, did you take tribal media 101 in, in high school or college? I didn't. Um, I, I took, you know, basic, basic psychology. I understood what, what confirmation bias was, that, 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 that if we believe in something, we're going to want to see as much of that as possible to reinforce our, our belief. I understood cognitive dissonance in the concept that I, that if I believe in something strongly, and, and I'm proud of it, the keyword Leonard is proud. When you say proud, now that's part of your self identity. But the difference between being a proud Jets fan and congratulations on the Jets athlete coming <laughs> back a little bit this year, but I, 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 you know, and I and I hate the Giants, right? But that's a sports thing. I, I was a big Lakers fan in the '80s, and um, I would go to all the Celtics-Lakers uh, playoffs and then the World Championship, and we'd sit there with four Celtics fans and us four Lakers fans, and we make fun of each other and talk smack, et cetera. At the end of the game, we shook hands, we bought each other a beer. That's not hatred. That's just that's just fun. You know, mm -hmm. that's sports fun. This tribalism is different. This tribalism is our core, uh, you know, primal hardwiring that we weren't able to manipulate until – it became deregulated, and no one realized, Leonard. Nobody realized that we deregulated, you know, tribal propaganda. Well, we you, just thought we, is Fox you know, News we really news? Uh, is I'm it? Sorry? Is Fox News really news? You write that people who watch Fox News all day know less about the news than people who view no news shows at all. Yeah, multiple studies have shown that that um, Farley Dickinson was the last one. That um, yeah, people because. Because first off, they, you know they don't—they take a bathroom break during the actual hard news stuff. <laughs> let, me, let me put it this way: there's 17 stories at the uh, uh, Fox Building on uh, on Sixth Avenue. The news department is in the basement. They're in little cubicles. The rest of us are in the other 16 floors. <laughs> and if, if the opinion business is what makes the money, the opinion business was addictive. News is not addictive unless you're a news junkie. And if you're a news junkie. You watch multiple channels. You're just trying to see who's got the best angle on whatever. You know, it could be the, the uh, you know, the latest bombing in Iraq, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but you're not watching that for, uh, you know, news. When you grew up and I grew up, news told you what happened. Right. The opinion business tells you how to feel about it. And if it's the tribal partisan uh, opinion business, it, it says, I'm going to make you feel better about yourself by giving you more evidence of how horrible your tribal enemy is. But for, in order for that to happen, I need to move you from an agree-to-disagree consumer of Fox News into a tribalized. And, and the, the, the word tribalized now is used a lot today. When I started using it, people thought, hey, we're not in a tribe. We're not Indians. You know, we're not uh, Sunni and Shia. No, that's not the point. Um, when you become tribalized, it's, it's now you become this zero-sum binary person. You, when, if, if we get introduced and I say that, uh, yes, I'm uh, supporting uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg for uh, president, then 
you immediately your cognition flips over, and now I'm the tribal enemy. Not only am I your enemy, but I'm an existential mm. enemy. You're a threat to my family, to my life, to my way of, of view, to my the way I make a living if I work in an energy state, for instance. And now I look at you completely different. I don't hear anything I'm Toby says because my cognitive dissonance shield has gone up, and it's about a million miles thick. I only hear stuff from from Toby that confirms that I'm in the superior tribe. Um, and if you take it into the racial context, for the white tribal identity person, it's information that shows that I'm the superior race. We never did that at Fox News much. Uh, but uh, as soon as Trump got into it, then he added, you know, the, the dog whistle turned into a, a megaphone. And that's where he connected into a whole other tribal vibe uh, and and, and use the same deal that you're a victim. It's not your fault. Those people want to take your guns. They want to, you know, they're taking your jobs. They're shipping your jobs to China. Blah 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 blah. blah. And um, and he just amped it up. If you you know, Fox News is pretty amped up to begin with. But the secret of Donald Trump is he took the Fox News format and added all his uh, prejudices and all his racism in it, and it became incredibly powerful to people who were. Disaffected. You ever hear that word before? I'd never heard that word before until Trump came in. <laughs> well, actually, I had. But uh, yeah. we'll we'll come back to all of that sure. in just a moment. I do want to remind our listeners that uh, they're listening to Let It Lope It at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM. Some music from Fox News. We're talking with Tobin Smith, who was at Fox News for 14 years, different capacities. He's written a book called Foxocracy, Inside the Network's Playbook of Tribal Warfare. It's published by Diversion Books. Uh, so you say that you were, when you started working there, uh, and I wonder why you chose to work there. Were you just looking for a job? You say you were contractually obligated to travel to the New York studios while others weren't. Why were you saying yes, that? Well, the, listen, the, the, the way that I, I, I got that, I, I, I'm a newsletter publisher. We publish investment research and health research, et cetera, et cetera. I had a book out, uh, and uh, I was on the Neil Cavuto show, uh, and uh, things worked out, and they were starting a new show called The Bulls and Bears, and they asked me to be a part of it. Um, and uh, so it was, it's always been a side gig. Uh, but uh, as it got you know, more and going, then they, you know, they started paying you five or ten grand a week to show up for two, three hours. And, and you say uh, you were hired to be a hitman. Yes, and and but I, what I was good at was my feral instinct uh, for ripping apart the poor liberal that we put on. Mm -hmm. Let me just preface it by saying is that one of the secrets of the playbook uh, has always been um, that, as opposed to the old fairness doctrine, well, this is why the irony. So that where you had to, you know, again, if you had the senator, you had to have another senator. If you had someone who's an economist, you had to have another economist. Our whole strategy for our, um, you know, discussion panels was 
first up, they take a, 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 a seg- they take a, a point of view and a situation that they knew would engage intellectually. Meh, who can care? They would, it would, it would engage emotionally with the audience, right? Number one. Then number two, they'd say, okay, who is the most stereotypical looking person from the left that we can get on to be in the panel? In the panel, there was always three, three conservatives and then one poor liberal, and that poor liberal. You know, was a person who had to look like an East Coaster, had to look like a Harvard, you know, person anyway, elite, all those, those you know, terms that get uh, demonized. But more importantly, they had to really know nothing about what they were talking about. And they needed to, you know, consider themselves my favorite word. I'm a democratic strategist, which usually meant that they helped out as a third-tier lieutenant on a, on a uh, lieutenant governor race five years ago, and they really haven't had a job since. But... They get to build their brand by going on Fox, right? But, so, but they so, must have seen the way Fox News hosts interrupt and berate guests who represent the opposing side. Doesn't matter. You know Why what? would they agree them, to appear on these shows? It makes them a victim, and it gets their face on television, and then hopefully they, they will get picked up as a, uh, as, as a panelist on you know, one of the other channels that they do. But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to have a reel, right? You've got to have your answers. So um, uh, that's, that's who they got. So... For instance, you know, I... I, I We're talking about you know, seven to eight-minute debate segments uh, that uh, you're saying are rigged. Well, they, they were rigged. They're, 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 that person was beaten before they got there, and let me tell you what <laughs> I mean. So, number one, they were selected to be the worst, not the best to article. We, I only had one, you know, I did 2,000 of these panels. I only had one panel where this dude from San Francisco, I just can't remember his name right now, he's an attorney and... Uh, Oh my lord! He just ripped us a new one. We, he was just killing us, uh, and uh, the, he got he fired the next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, well, not only prepared, but he actually knew the subject, and he knew the subject that was better than than I did or anybody else did, and he knew it better than the producers, by the way. So he got fired. Um, but the the normal deal is is take. So I'm a macroeconomic guy. I do it for a living, and we're going to talk about inflation, right? And so the. Um, the person would come in and, and say, well, I don't understand why you guys talk about inflation, because if you measure it by blah, 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 blah. And I would come in and, and I would say, well, first off, that's awesome that you just uh, insulted all our audience, because our audience doesn't maybe know, you know, the Harvard uh, Business School approach to this, but they know that the eggs are up 50 cents per dozen. They know their gas is up 75 cents per dozen. That's real inflation. You know, you, got, you went to dinner at Le Cirque last night, and then your car picked you up and you went home. You don't. You never put gas in a gas tank. You never actually went to a grocery store. Real people understand inflation, so don't give me a lecture. Mm. Boom. And and I got good at that because I could do it in a you know twenty five second sound burst. Um, and and so then the host of, of the show that I was primarily on called Bulls and Bears, uh, Brenda Butner, my dear friend, uh, she knew that <laughs> she knew that I could get her out of a jam, and so. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, everybody else did their stuff from a satellite, but I had to be in New York every week, which I certainly didn't mind because I had a place up there, and I love New York. Um, so uh, then the next way you rigged it was was that people would send in their point of view, right, their POV of what the panel was. And the idea was, in, in theory, that, that we weren't going to duplicate each other's thoughts. But the real thing was was that, that since I'm up in New York, about an hour before the show, when they finally said what the rundown of the segments were going to be, the segment producer would come to me and say, all right, so this is what I need. I need you to do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And quit your you know, BS about blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares about that. Here's what they care about. Now, how do they know that? Well, we used to get a, you know, a, a segment a memo every day from Roger Ailes um, and John Moody, uh, who was the VP of News, 
And they would say, here's what we're talking about today, and here's, here's your point. And I, and, you so know, wait, I wait, got, wait. Is that yeah. why Fox News hosts often use the same phrases, often word for word? Oh, absolutely. Of course, because you know why? In the old days, Leonard, we used to get ratings every five minutes, and you could see you know, what was rating or not rating. And, and when the show was live, you'd get it live, right? But with the, you know, with the Internet now and with trending, you, you know every five seconds. I just put an article out a couple weeks ago in the New York Times, and you could see uh, – they could see it was you know, going viral. And, and then when they called me, they said, well, somebody else called me to do a television thing, and they said, yeah, I want you to say these words and these words and these words. Mm. When, when, when journalism turned into, into pay for clicks, then that's another gigantic change that Fox was able to use. On the, on the, you know, the paper side, um, it obviously changed the whole business model. But on the Fox News side, um, remember uh, AOC when she first came out with the great new, Green New Deal, they, the Fox, they measured it at uh, – uh, whatever media uh, company, I can't remember. Um, and they mentioned the name 1,600 times that day. And you know what? They'd mention it 1,800 times a day until it quits rating, and then it, you just got to find a new, uh, some, you know, new bag to beat, uh, you know, so, somebody else to bat over the head. That's what emotionally engages the viewer. When the viewer gets hot, when he wants to throw a brick through the, through the, through the television, I can't tell you how many times I heard that from people from all over the country. Then they're fired up. When they're fired up, they feel alive. When they feel alive, they get a whole bunch of great juices they haven't felt maybe since the last time they got pissed off on television. And then they go out to their real life, and, and nothing jacks them up nearly as much. You get addicted to the – remember, you know, this is a behavioral addiction. Uh, and, and what happens is, is that when you – You call the, the content pornography, in fact. Well, it is, in fact, in other words, if you use the general uh, way we use now in social media, right, when somebody sends you, you know, animal kitty por kitties, all the cute kitties, that's kitty porn, right? When somebody sends you this, you know, uh, this risotto with the beautiful morels on top, mm -hmm. that's food porn, right? Why is it? Because I just said morels and I started drooling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are automatic responses. Um, and so... You know, sexual pornography, uh, the uh, end result is sexual gratification. In tribal hate porn, the gratification is ego gratification. If you show me convincing evidence of why my tribe is so superior to those GD liberals, ding, but that is a self-esteem boost. But one of the things I found interesting was your description of how Fox News uses populist themes like resentment of the, the 2008 bank bail, uh, bailout. Uh, themes of that sort also resonate with some people on the left, including the Occupy Wall Street movement. Do you see any uh, commonalities between Fox News base and, and, and some segments of the left? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, they're all human beings, all right? So we all have the same emotional vulnerabilities. We're all hardwired to be have our triggers moved, if you know how to hit the triggers. But the... Um, uh, my experience, and I grew up much more with a left-wing group, and you know, have most of my friends, I guess I would consider independent or left-wing, um, uh, they don't have the inferiority complex. Uh, and um, honestly, uh, most Republicans, and we survey this all the time, basically the, the traditional viewer who's watching two to plus hours of Fox News uh, per day or more is really the proverbial red-headed stepchild. They feel like, like that everybody's against them, 
the government's against them, the, the elites are against them, the liberals against them, the media's against them, everything's, you know, all, again, Trump just made a better moniker for it. He says it's the fake news. You know, the only person who ever said that in public uh, was Joseph Goebbels in, in, in Nazi Germany. Um, you know, it, there are so many of these of these feelings of inferiority and feeling the beatdown and just feeling like, God, political correctness. I can't say anything, do anything. Everything I believe in is makes me a horrible person. I'm telling you, Larry, if you get that, you know, even then you turn on late night television. All they're doing is making fun of your leader. I mean, you can't get any ratings without either Trumpian hate porn or liberal hate porn now, because once you get into it, you know, the other thing about porn is you might start on Playboy, uh, but that sort of, you know, runs out of juice after a while, and then you got to go to Penthouse, and then you got to go to Hustler, and, you know, you need a bit more. So, you know, the... So you say this is a gateway drug, Fox is News. A, it is a gateway drug, and, and it, not only that, I mean, I think what people have really missed is there's a great article uh, in the uh, new uh, Atlantic magazine this week about that, you know, John Adams worried about the division of the republic going into two great parties. It's the great political evil if that happens. Well, guess what? One of the founding fathers was concerned. Yes, yeah, one of the founding fathers. <laughs> and George Washington, remember, said that, uh, or, uh, you know, that um, uh, he warned against hyperpartisanship and, you know, these horrid uh, hyperpartisan, you know, frightful despotism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, guess what? We created an industry. It's now, I, I, you know, if you include social media, it's a $250 billion industry that is based solely on identifying your most vulnerable emotional uh, triggers and then triggering them as much as possible uh, in order to get you enraged, get you engaged, because emotion uh, is what engages you. Anger is by four times more powerful than the other emotions. And they will continue to do it until you've just, you know, essentially, you know, had your tribal orgasm. You know, you just can't, you can't, you know, you're done. All right, I need to take a break. I'm, um, I'm speaking and, with Tobin Smith. Uh, forgive me for telling sure. people who I'm speaking with. <laughs> his uh, tribal orgasm. Who is that guy? <laughs> his latest book is called Foxocracy, Inside the Network's Playbook of Tribal Warfare. It's published by Diversion Books. And in a note to the readers, you admit that you delayed writing this book because you were afraid of Roger Ailes. What well, were you Roger afraid Ailes of? Roger Ailes is a pretty, pretty, pretty powerful guy. Yeah, and, until uh, he fell. Yeah, until he fell and died. Uh, also, my friend Brenda Butner had terminal cancer, and I didn't want to put any of this out. You know, I didn't want to cause her any mental distress during it. But the other, the, and the other part of it was, until I got into the you know the dark psychology, this dehumanizing psychology, um, uh, I, I did not connect all the dots. And when I connected the dots, what worried me the most was was that. Um, you know, we're we're talking about today about how essentially we're gridlocked and hyperpartisanship is everything and so on and so forth. And there's all the bad things that are happening to our democracy and, and our democracy is at risk. But I think we missed the part that we legalized tribal hatred propaganda and then it metastasized with social media. And then it became personal because you could then send your social media comment to your other people in this self-created silo and then the one that just put it over the top was we have this surveillance technology uh, uh you know we call it social media but it's all based on sur on surveillance of your of your strongest emotions if you watch a three minute uh, fox news uh our uh, you know opinion piece to its end the algorithm now says i'm going to feed you more of that but 
uh, we just had an election week. I say there was just an election down in Brazil. I love this. I love this mm-hmm. example. And uh, Bolsonaro hit about I don't know ten percent in the polling. There's no way he was going to win. But in, but in but in Brazil, eighty five percent of the people watch YouTube at least once a day. It's free. That's why they do it. And um, a bunch of right wing uh, video propagandists who were very good at it started putting the, out this video propaganda, and they would cut and splice and so on and so forth, and put it out in three minute vignettes. And 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 they came to social scientists came to call it the uh, YouTube rabbit hole. And guess what? Bolsonaro wins. He goes from 15% to 55%. He wins a majority. Uh, he's the uber right-wing of uber right-wingers. Mm. And he, that so was somebody power. wrote an article recently saying you can't call him Brazil's Trump. He's much further to the right. Absolutely. That's an insult. It's an insult to him. So that was to a me... A compliment to Trump. Yes. Yeah, backhanded. Um, that was the... That was the one that really put me over the the top in terms of understanding the power of this of this new technology. Again, I go back to the in the thirties we got this new broadcast radio and we got this new um, talking pictures. Well, guess who were the number one, two, and three uh, radio hosts in Europe during the thirties? Yes, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and uh, you know Mussolini. Um, the power of a new technology. Coming into own, first off, it's interesting, and then it's engaging, and then, you know, FDR used it quite well in the United States. Father McLaughlin out of uh, Illinois had about Mm -hmm. 35 million people a week, right? So we got this new technology, which was the cable. Then we got this new law, which was that you didn't have to follow the rules of fairness doctrine. For instance, as as you know, uh, eight hours of, of, of political information had to be broadcast per week. And it had to, you know, four hours had to be on Sunday. There was no advertising. There was the Fairness Doctrine. It had to be equal people, blah, blah, blah. Um, when we essentially deregulated all that, um, and, and, and Roger Ailes covered his, uh, you know, dream, which he wrote of in 1974, of creating a, you know, conservative um, uh, propaganda channel. When we could call it news and we could have these, you know, it's like Rock Hudson, right, when he was big movie star in the early 60s with Doris Day, and he became a heartthrob. And the problem was, of course, that he was homosexual. So they married him off to, like, his, his manager's secretary to create, and they called mm-hmm. it the beard in Hollywood, right? Well, the news on Fox News is the beard for the propaganda. And, 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 and people had, who did not grow up in World War II time frame, they had no, uh, you know, concept of this. They didn't read the... Uh, you know, the Hearst papers or the Pulitzer papers in the you know, early 8th and 20th century. They, nobody understood about propaganda. All they, you know, thought about propaganda was, um, you know, sort of that uh, Lenny uh, Riesenthal's Nazi film, The Triumph of the Will, right, and the mm-hmm. 300,000. Well, they didn't see that. So it, they didn't dawn on them that they were being fed this pure, high-content, sparkling colors, beautiful, you know, women dressed like escorts. The whole thing was set up to make Roger, you know, get intellectually excited, sexually excited, and so, you could do it legally. So let's deal with the, that, the two of those things that sure. you've brought up. The women dressed like escorts wearing push-up bras. There have been serious accusations of sexual harassment at the network over the years by Roger Ailes and a couple of hosts. Um, have you seen the well, – first of all, were you aware of that? Is, was that part of the environment? And have you seen the new movie, Bombshell? I, I have seen the movie, Bombshell. They, they got close. Um, Gretchen, I think, did a great job. 
as they say, though, they're all under NDA, so they, 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 they couldn't do it. So they had to sort of fill in the, the, the spaces. Uh, I'm, I'm working currently on a, a documentary movie that will cover the real deal of people who are not under NDAs. I'll just give you a quick example. There was a producer uh, of the morning show, Fox and Friends, that I got to know very well. And she called me one night, or, and, and this was on a, on a Sunday, and she said, Toby, I just got off the phone with Bill O'Reilly. He's down in Jamaica, and he's basically, uh, you know, this is a sex call, and he's basically masturbating on the phone, and, um, he, and, and I just you know, hung up on him, and he called me back and says, you can't mention this, right? Uh, what should I do? So I send her off to a friend who's in that business, uh, the legal side. And so she sues him, you know, literally 24, 48 hours later. Uh, he comes back 24 hours after that with another lawsuit, and now it's the talk of the town, right? You may probably remember that. And on Wednesday, nothing. Radio silence. Uh, uh, her, her name will come out in the new book. Um, got to $2.5 million, wired to her account. And it was gone. And that was one of the first times that I heard. There was women that I worked with. I mean, I actually, you know, uh, punched out a dude um, who was a, a director uh, who, you know, was har harassing this woman who's a producer of mine. I mean, that was the culture. Um, now, I will say this. I worked at Wall Street for 24 years. I worked it. There was no yeah. different on Wall Street than it was at Fox News. Yeah, um, but of it, course, it, it, sh it should not happen anywhere. It and, should not happen anywhere, and, but it was tolerated because And the, the boss top. was doing it. Uh, yeah. uh, on, on another front, something else that you've kind of hinted at, to non-Fox viewers, there's no war on Christmas, and more recently on Thanksgiving. Boy, they I couldn't believe that Fox was pushing that. The people, uh, non-Fox viewers, know that Trump's inauguration crowd was smaller than Obama's, asylum seekers and not caravans of rapists, murderers, and drug dealers who cross our borders to partake in government handouts. How, do, how does Fox News get its viewers to believe these things, even when the facts say otherwise? Uh, I, was well, actually, a, I was fascinated by your explanation of why Fox News viewers ignore the obvious truths. Well, there's, there's three things. Number one... And we don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. I'm with you. Okay. So number one is the power of narrative. So narrative, um, if, you, if you create a story, a narrative, that gets repeated over and over and again, it gets embedded in a person's mind. And, and narratives um, are infectious, right? Number two is that they don't get any other information because of the cognitive dissonance power. It, it, they don't hear anything other than that. And then number three, when they believe it... Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of research that says a lot of people who are Fox News happen to be evangelical. And if you're raised as a child, uh, and uh, this is all neuroscience, if you raise a child to believe that the Bible is uh, absolute, that all those words are actual fact, you know, they're not uh, examples, they're not uh, illusions, they're fact, then your brain gets, you know, uh, it's called plasticity. Your brain gets, gets wired. So you believe the word from your leaders. But then they ignore you, the things like Roger Ailes' sexual indiscretions, the president's sexual indiscretions. Cognitive dissonance, number one. Number two, uh, I, I don't really you know, read that stuff. I don't actually cognitively process it because my brain you know, now only cognitively processes stuff that supports my tribe. If I was an indifferent person, if I was even a agree-to-disagree Republican, um, I would process that. But once you flip the switch to tribalize, it's, it's me against them. It's us versus them. It's a binary zero-sum world we live in, and I'm going to be on the right side of that. Your brain switches off because your brain switches to tribal effect. Once you're tribalized, 
You don't hear this stuff. We I mean, have just I, a minute to go. Thirty years of psychology and, and, and neuroscience. We have just minutes to go, but the president has complained a number of times recently about some segments on the network and about its poll findings. Uh, he says it's no longer working for him. Well, should Fox be working for the president? Well, <laughs> multiple uh, answers, but I mean, the answer is, you asked me at the beginning, about, I don't know, five hours ago, um, why is there, why, why independents and other people don't have a television station? Because they're not emotionally engaged. I've always considered myself an independent. Um, I like, you know, I vote the person, et cetera. There's no money in that. There's no, the only money right now is because the Republican Party has now become this populist, nationalist uh, cult of personality. If, if your audience is there, you got to go to where your audience is. And, and that's a financial decision. You know, you're in the media business. Your job is to create a product that as many people will listen to. Fox's business is even worse, though. Their business model is the more people they can get to hate other Americans, the more money they make. That's the business model. So if, if your people are turning off, if you have someone who's a, not a Trump person, they fire them. Um, well, the only is, Fox host who gets mentioned in your much mentioned in the book is Sean Hannity. Tucker Carlson is mentioned only once. And the other prominent ones like Brett Baer, Neil Cavuto, Steve Ducey, Ainsley Earhart, Laura Ingram, Brian Kilmeade, Janine Pirro. Geraldo Rivera and, and Chris Wallace aren't even mentioned in your book, with with a couple of exceptions. Aren't they all pretty much on the same page? No, there's just not. I mean, Sean Hannity. Remember, he does three hours of radio every day before he gets a TV station. So he, his his delusions of grandeur are far, far, far higher than any of that. Number two, uh, he he is the one who essentially originates the whole uh, conspiracy theory stuff. Uh, Laura Amgram is right in that way. I didn't work with her very much, so I just didn't know her. I did a ton of Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity is, uh, you know, he thinks he's smarter than Bill O'Reilly. He's about <laughs> 40 pops lower than Sean. But he's emblematic. I learned almost everything about how to do the Fox News hate uh, uh, playbook from his producers, because I drink with them, if you remember Langan's. Broadway, we, we've run out of time, unfortunately, but right, congratulations right. for escaping. Uh, the book, <laughs> Foxocracy, Inside the Network's Playbook of Tribal Warfare, uh, Tobin Smith, published by Diversion Books. It's been a great pleasure talking with you. Leonard, same as well. Thanks so much. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Special thanks to Susie Stoltz, who produced this segment. If you're new to our program and you like what you've been hearing, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also available as an iTunes podcast. And don't forget to check out Leonard Lopate at Large on Facebook and Twitter and our website, LeonardLopateAtLarge.com, where you can find links to all of our past shows. We hope that you will join us on Monday when... Uh, my guest uh, will uh, be talking about Michael Bloomberg. Mr. Henley is coming by, uh, one of our regulars, and uh, we will talk about the, the Bloomberg uh, candidacy. So tune in then. We hope to see you. <laughs>